Sponsored by the Dunleary Ratdown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye with Joe Dalton and Simon Haig. Welcome to Business Eye and happy Easter to you all. I hope you're keeping safe and well. How are you coping in a world of limitations? Are you adjusting to your new routine? Are you asking the question, when will this all end? I know I am. Will we get back to what we call normal? Do we want to get back to what we call normal? Or is it possible to embrace a new normal? One that offers better opportunities for all. And maybe for this to happen, there has to be a willingness for change. How will the world look? How will your industry look in a few weeks and in the coming months or the coming year? My guests today, Patrick Daly, one of Europe's leading logistic consultants. Simon Haig, my co-host, leadership and negotiation. Owen Lafferty, from the local enterprise office, Dunleary and Ratdown. And Heather Leeson from Glenville Nutrition. I will be asking them how do they see the world and the industries they are working on? What are they doing to keep the show on the road and their plans for the future? So grab a coffee, sit back, and I hope you enjoy the show. Yes, I hope everybody is keeping safe. I was shocked to see pictures on the M50 of people heading to their holiday homes, um, which bewilders me because, you know, take that little break. Uh, because it's people's lives that matter, that really what it is. But anyway, I have a very special guest. My first guest of today is my co-host and my very good friend, Simon Haig. Simon, what's going on in your life? Earth to moon, Joe, earth to moon, <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, it's, it's, I'm good, I'm good. And uh, we had a chat before, you, you sound well. And um, I'm just... I'm just grateful for the small things, you know. My family spent a week doing a jigsaw a couple of weeks ago and a whole week. And then last Sunday we found there was a piece missing. <laughs> and, and the old me would have been stumping around the house. How dare they ship this out? But, but, but I was grateful for having a lovely week with my family. So I think it's changing mindsets and frame, frames of mind and, and psychologies and, and hopefully for most people for the better. Yeah, the, I, there was a report that came out this week. I, I believe we have it on our website that the, you know, it's a high percentage of people are coping quite well with this. Um, yeah. what, what I got from it was that was this week. How are they going to be coping from it next week or the week after? There's, yeah. There is a cycle here. There's a process going on. Uh, as you know, that it's coming very real. Um, yeah. And people now are starting to feel a bit of cabin fever. And it's really, it's really kind of going to bring up a lot of questions. And it brought them up for me as well. Who am I? Who yeah. am I? You know, I've had moments of, ah, I've had moments of a little bit of anger. But I yeah. then catching myself in these and going, who am I? Who am I really? And uh, for me, I'm very positive about the future. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing i'm in the garden with the kids playing with the kids i'm we've a tp yeah. we're we're you know myself and my wife are breaking up today between minding them because i think for different people in different households there's a difference like we have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old so it's different for us 
than having, you know, teenagers and we have yeah. a house with a garden. And then if there's someone who has you know, small children and teenagers who live in an apartment, that's something totally different. So there's all these mixes of of what is going on. And I was speaking to some person there yesterday and there, you know, what they're hearing back is that a lot of the big companies who are having their staff working from home, they're taking advantage of some of them as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've actually done a bit of uh, talking about this on a podcast. And, uh, you know, there, there have been stories of companies laying off staff uh, over in the States on Zoom, not individually, but in a group. You know, 400 people were laid off together in a Zoom call. That's not the way, to, you know, right now, I think, you know, in terms of leadership and business people, I, I, and same in our lives, priority number one, second to none, is maintaining health and well-being of ourselves, our workforce, our stakeholders, and and sensitivities in society, because this is a really fragile time. I mean, you hear talk about now the EU, you know, being a bit fragile. So, so that's priority, followed by economic well-being. If we don't look after ourselves, this is all going to collapse. Economies always come back. They've always come back after wars. They'll always come back. But we need to be really sensitive right now. Yeah, it's like I was trying to compare to what it was the tsunami that wiped out um, Thailand. Yeah. Um, you know, they're back. It's it's really sort of with ourselves It's and it's health, it's yeah. resilience. Yeah. I, people will, will get through it. I just think that we have to be, you know, those sacrifices that we make now are so important for yeah. the future. Because if we don't make them now, this could go on for months and months and months. But if we yeah. make these small sacrifices now, it could be just weeks. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was incensed last night looking at Twitter and watching the queues of people driving down the N11. Now, some of them might be, some of those people might be legitimate, but... You know, for those people who are breaking this two-kilometer rule, you, you, you're not really doing the right thing for society. And and what goes around, you and I both agree with this, Joe. What goes around comes around in life. If you live as honest a life as you can do, you, you'll get there in the end. And you know, you were talking before about you know, um, you know, just biding your time in terms of your business, uh, and, and likewise. And things will return. And those people who are seen to be taking advantage of, of things in business or in life. Um, it won't always be positive. So I think it's really important to, to, to do the right thing now. I've, I've been just doodling away over the last week as well. And the things that are coming up for me and is, yeah. is steadiness and readiness. Yeah. And I think that's important. How is work? How are you? You know, I'm, we are, all the workloads have reduced. If any, yeah. you know, unless you're you're supplying, you know, food or you know, IT or whatever. But I, you know, a lot has reduced, which is good. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like I'm on a big holiday. Yeah. You know, what about yourself? Um, well, all of my, all of, obviously, all of my face-to-face training, coaching, consulting stuff came to an end very abruptly four weeks ago. But I have to, I have to say that, like like you, I've got a lot of online stuff, and I've actually done three or three podcasts and a couple of webinars. Um, I'm doing a free webinar next Tuesday with the Women's Inspire Network on virtual deal making, and I, so I'm just keeping myself busy, Joe. Some of it, some of it, I've got paid for. Most of it, I haven't. Uh, so I'm just writing stuff, recording stuff. I, I'm getting up and having a routine, and, and I'm just 
I, I honestly think now is it might sound a little trite given, you know, there's 1.5 million cases around the world, but now is really a time to, to hunker down. It's a bit like the old caveman time. You know, we, they used to live in a cave and they'd have a fire at the front to protect them from the wild animals and a fire at the bank to stay back to stay warm. Now is the time to stay in our caves with our family and, and invest in our futures and create stuff. Be creative. Write a book, write podcasts, write, write webinars. So, I'm doing that. Well, I'm convincing myself it's the right thing anyway, Joe. Yeah, and you said it there as well, routine. I think the yep. routines are are changing from week to week as well. Um, and, yeah. you know, the frustration will come in. But also, you know, it's about being positive as well. No, uh, it is. Simon, tell us one tip that you'd have for, for our uh, business community today. I think it's I think it's just be mindful of balancing. You need to balance two things. You need to be on the one hand, you need to be calm, pragmatic, uh, and strong. So you you know if you need to make a tough decision and close the doors of your business or or switch off your your laptop, do it. But at the same time, do everything you do compassionately and with empathy. So I think being strong. Strong, calm, clinical if you need to be, but always think, am I doing this through the prism of love and compassion? True. Simon, always a pleasure. Can't wait till we're back in the studio. I'd say, I. I'd say it'll be May, but um, uh, until then, my friend, keep safe and I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Joe. Bye. Say bye. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. And my next guest is Patrick Daly. Patrick is one of Europe's leading logistics consultants. He is also uh, one of the broadcasters here at Dublin South FM. Patrick Daly, how are you? Very well, Joe. How is yourself? I'm brilliant. I'm um, full of opportunity. I'm enjoying the time, you know, in the sun, uh, enjoying it with my kids, um, getting out to walk the dog every day as well. Yeah, no, I'm... I see. I see the good in this. I really do. I, 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 I know that we all just have to make sacrifices now, and I know that those sacrifices will pay off. Uh, but yeah, no, I do. I feel really, really good and um, hopeful. Hopeful. Okay. Well, you know, um, John F. Kennedy uh, said in a speech once that um, in in Chinese, the uh, the word crisis is translated with two characters, and the first character means danger, and the second character means opportunity. That's correct. Yeah. So, so no doubt there is a opportunity in crisis if you can um, if you can recognise it. Tell me this: your how are the supply chains? How is distribution? I know that some people are concerned about you know you know food getting in. We know that the last time we spoke that. Ireland was preparing for Brexit and we have warehouses of food. But what are you hearing from the companies that you're working with at the moment? Uh, the supply chain for essentials is is fine. So that's food, pharma and medical. Um, so the, there had been a build-up of inventories as a mitigation against Brexit. So that was, that was a help. But the production of food um, is still uh, ongoing. You know, cows are being being milked, and um, the farmers are are doing their job. Um, so produce is still coming through, both from home and abroad. So the the companies that are involved in the importation of um, fresh produce, say from the likes of Spain and so on, that's still ongoing. 
um, it may be a little bit slower because, for example, you know, they used to normally have maybe two drivers in a, in a vehicle and now they've only one, so the brakes are longer on the journey and so on. Um, but that's working. The borders within the EU are, are, are working. Um, about a week ago, there was some concern at the ports with regard to congestion um, and imports, and that seems to have cleared up now as well. Um, exports are moving out of China again. Um, so the, the supply chain is is fine for for essentials. Tell me, so people don't need to, people don't need to be overly concerned about that. What are your thoughts of what's going on in Europe and? how it is going to affect the industries in the weeks and the months to come? Um, I, I think for the last three or four weeks, lots of businesses have been submerged in emergency planning, um, crisis management and so on. And that's occupied the whole headspace. And now, um, after about four weeks, depends which country, four weeks, six weeks of, of lockdown, we're beginning to see two things happening. One business are beginning to say to themselves, "Okay, uh, we've dealt with the with the what now in terms of the crisis. We now need to start thinking about what next. What's the exit plan, and how are we going to sustain the business uh, over the next weeks and months?" And at the same time, we're seeing in the Certain countries, so the countries that are further to our east, the likes of Austria and the likes of uh, Denmark, who maybe were hit hit first, and to a degree Italy as well, their governments beginning to lay out exit plans as well. Now the exit plan will be difficult and it will be staged. It won't be all at once, and best practices will emerge for that. So those of us who are further to the West, who were infected maybe a bit later, we'll be looking to the likes of Denmark and Austria for their best practices as they as they exit. So we, we will see, I think, both governments and businesses over the next two to three weeks beginning to set out plans for how we exit this once the tidal wave is, is over. So when they have the confidence that their ICU um, Units are not going to be overrun. Um, they begin to turn their attention to how do we ramp up uh, testing uh, treatments and how do we um, speed up the development of of, uh, of a vaccine. The vaccine. So I think we we'll see we we'll, yeah. we we'll see a lot of testing. We'll see more treatments, and that will help then with a staged um, opening of the economy and then businesses will pick up on that and will begin to develop their uh, exit plans. So uh, it, it's going to be long, um, more probably more months rather than, than weeks, and it will be gradual. So uh, there won't be a day where everything will go back um, to, you know, to norm football ma- yeah. football matches and full restaurants and all of that type of thing it's going to take it's going to take a while don't know exactly how long but i guess something in the order of 3 to 6 months we'll begin to see the exit plan coming in do you do you feel i know that we're going to be there's going to be an announcement tomorrow and i'd say they're going to just keep us all on lockdown we'd probably be in on lockdown now for about 4 weeks and they'll probably keep us on lockdown now for i'd say another 2 weeks um, and then start to gradually look at how we can 
start moving around as a nation? Do you, do you feel that yourself or do you feel we're going to be in lockdown lo- a lot longer? I would anticipate that when they announce today, uh, Friday, Saturday, inevitably that we're going to be in lockdown till the end of April, I think they may also signal some idea of what the exit plan uh, might be yeah. or that or that or that in in May they will be looking seriously at how we how we start moving things on that's already happening in in Denmark and Austria now um and I think b- both with the announcement of a further extension of the lockdown there will be talk uh some talk of what's going to happen in in May I I I feel you know in the years to come you know our kids will I know my children will be asking us about the, you know they'll be studying this in the history books, and yourself being an author as well and I know you've written one book, your second book which I know that you're sort of mulling around at the moment and I'm sure that you're gaining a lot of information, um from what's going on at the moment, and that brings up a question: What have you learned from this within your industry? Um, uh, I think we've learned that we need to take more seriously those uh, things that are low probability but high impact in terms of planning. So in my industry, which is supply chain, there's been an obsession with uh, efficiency and lean and reducing things maybe to the minimum required to support operations. And, and that, is, that is good, but uh, probably not good applied to every single thing, particularly those very, very critical things. And sometimes the critical things are mundane things, uh, as we found, for example, with, with PPE, for example protective personal equipment or personal protective equipment um, so I guess two things one that the the things that make the difference sometimes can be quite mundane um, and also that the obsession with efficiency and lean probably went too far and we need to pay more attention to security of supply. Um, particularly for critical items that we can identify in advance. And we need to pay more attention rather than lip service to scenario creation and planning for disruptions in the future because they will come again. And and in a way, I've learned maybe that this crisis with this particular illness could be a wake-up call that prevents us from or protects us from a much worse outcome in the future. Because although this illness has caused a lot of um, stress and results in a lot of death, uh, it could have been worse. It could have been more virulent and we could have higher death rates and we were very, very unprepared. So perhaps we will prepare ourselves better for inevitable epidemics that will happen in the future and perhaps we'll be able to uh, arrest their progress sooner, closer to source than we were on this occasion. Yes, I would agree and you can even see some larger countries out there who are are not doing as well and who are very unprepared um, and then you see other countries who are, you know, playing a blinder. 
So uh, and, yeah, there's also a lot of disunity on the international level, and I, I don't know whether this will remedy that. It, it, it may not. Maybe that's just a process that has to work through. Um, but I would hope that there will people will take cognizance of the fact that the disunity uh, creates vulnerability and. Uh, disasters like this don't respect borders. Yeah. Um, so if you want to put your country first, um, that's not going to work out well no, in the long run. Definitely. Patrick Daly from Alba Logistics, thank you for coming on and I wish you a happy Easter. And Patrick, we will chat soon. Thank you. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. And my next guest is Tom Code. Tom is the Managing Director of International Network Systems. Tom is keeping a lot of companies' show on the road. Tom, how are you? Not too bad, Joe, and yourself. Hope all is well. All is well, all is well. I'm, I'm enjoying the weather. Uh, Easter weekend is upon us. Uh, it's, um, as I say, I was saying to my other guests there previously, it's, um, I see the opportunities. I see the opportunities. And I think that a lot of us have a hard neck. And when I think of people that have a hard neck and who have struggled before in, in downturns, it was yourself, Tom. So, Tom, tell me, how are companies coping out there and how are you and your team coping out there at the moment? Well, if I just take my own team first, um, I have four staff. Um, my main man is Polish and he's actually, he was in Poland at the start of this outbreak. So he rang and said, look, you know, he wants to stay with family, but he has a firewall with him. He has a phone with him, computer. So he's as if he's in the office. It's exactly the same as sitting at his own desk. Uh, my other staff are at home. Again, they're linked up on the phone system. We all we have a WhatsApp group, so we're all keeping in touch. I'm the only one got into the office, but then I'm only a five minute drive away. And uh, if there are any call outs needed, I do that. But I say I'm stopped every day by the guards because they're really out there doing a great job. And I just showed them my card and I said, IT support and I'm going from, you know, do this job, that job, whatever. And there's absolutely no problem. So we're, we're getting on with it. We're, we're, we've connected up, I think, around 300-odd staff in our customer sites back to their systems. Um, they're all working away. Uh, it's kind of settled down the last couple of days, so we're trying to pick up on other stuff that we haven't done for years. But um, we're getting through it like, like everybody else. Do you think, like the, a lot of people, you know, the crisis management is starting now to change into opportunities? Yes and no. Um in all of these things, and we've seen them before with various crashes and so on. It's like I'm 27 years in business and, you know, we've had up years and down years. This year was to be a really good year for us because uh, Windows 7 has disappeared. So a lot of our systems are upgrading to Windows 10. People are going to put that on hold. So there'll be a kind of a, a rush, I think, at the back end of the, the year towards people spending money in all areas. But in every, like, I don't want to be negative, but some people will take uh, opportunity in a bad way in this situation. Um, most people, I think, are helping out each other and, and hoping we all get through it. Do you see a change in people's attitudes, you know, community, compassion, you know, grateful for what we have? Absolutely, yeah. And at the minute, um, just again, my own little situation we're doing a lot of stuff for customers that we're not charging for. I mean, we can't. I mean, a lot of our customers are in the travel business, and all they're doing at the moment is, is uh, issuing refunds. They're giving people cash back and so on. So they've nothing. They've no money coming in. So I can't charge them. 
But I know that by my, my little bit, what we're doing will help them and keep them going. So when they come back into business, hopefully in the next few months, they'll remember that and then, uh, you know, start to look at us and give us a few bob. And what are the biggest concerns or the biggest issues that our people are having working from home that you're speaking to? Is it the adjustment? Is it, you know, are they getting on with it? Uh, very good question. Um, the biggest issues for people is the internet, obviously. Uh, we've found that uh, speeds out there are not what they should be. Uh, and that's why I think this, this government national broadband scheme is, is a great idea. Uh, should have been done many years ago. It should be a public utility for everybody in the country because internet, we, we see it now, the internet is absolutely vital. I mean, we have people on phone systems linked together. You have 50 staff all together linked on phone systems and are doing the uh, WhatsApps and the Zooms and all that kind of stuff. So they're keeping in touch and they're performing and so on. But it, it, I, I see the usage of people. They are actually working. I mean, most people are at, they're not at home sitting down doing nothing. They are actually working to try and keep their jobs and companies going. But uh, I'd say the biggest problem is uh, people getting fed up looking at each other every, all day, you know, every day. I'm lucky that I, I'm only five minutes from the office and I am a kind of a, a vital service, so there's no issue with me going there. Um, and I just keep an eye on things because we've got hosting there and servers and stuff like that. But there's nobody else in the building. So it must be very difficult for people to get her locked up all day, you know, but I'm assuming to get him for walks and so on. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, I, I, I was just speaking to uh, one of our other guests there before, like, you know, people's attitudes this week are doing fine and the week before. And you'll probably see a lot of people as well if, we're, you know, we reckon we could be on lockdown for another. I don't even want to use the word lockdown. So we could be, no. you know, you know, our movements could be just altered probably for another two weeks. Um, and, I think you'll start to see people's attitudes change and really discovering who they are in the weeks to come. You know, emotions, there's a whole big process that's going on and it's, it's, it's a mental process. And a lot of people, I hope at the end of this as well, will discover who they are and realise a lot of the stuff that they've been worrying about is really unnecessary. Well, I think it's, it's uh, a lot of people are natural worriers, including myself, and you have your own little worries, and, and they're not they're not going to kill you. I mean, it's stuff that you deal with every day and you get through it. But I think a lot of frustration for people being stuck in all the time. I mean, that that's the biggest issue. I think people in apartments, stuff like that. I mean, in my own area here now, I see, you know, there, there, there's no cars on the road. It's, it's really, really quiet. It's, it's like a Christmas day every day. And I think people... Without we'll the get presence. tired of that in time and get frustrated. <laughs> but then you go through a kind of a barrier and say, OK, look, that's it now. I, I can't do anything about this. So how can I make the best of it? Yeah. Um, and I think if they open up the likes of Woody's and so on, it would help. But I heard the other day that the reason that the, the um, hardware kind of shops and so on are closed, they don't want people um, like painting up ladders and all sorts of things like they fall. Because then the um, medical services will be overrun yeah. with people sawing their hands off and all sorts of things. So yeah. I don't know how you're going to win on that one. Yeah. But I do think they should reopen. I mean, people need to get out there and do a few bits and pieces, you know, just keep their minds occupied. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of people learning how to meditate. You know, so yeah, <laughs> quite, quiet I, the mind. Quiet the I think mind. fair play to people who can do that. <laughs> I think in today's world, with so much electronic stuff around, uh, people's minds are, are, are work a lot quicker. And it's like they, they need more uh, stimulation are than they, they did many, many years ago. Or they think they need more. 
I well, sorry, say. correct. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, there's so much technology, and I'm part of it, obviously, with the IT thing. Yeah, but but yeah. the technology, like even I'm even not tuning into social media as much. You know, I'm I'm yeah. even distancing myself more from it. Um, you know, even though it's it's part of my business, and but I'm I'm not I'm still engaged, but I'm not yeah. frequently as engaged as I used to be, and yeah. that is a good thing, I think, as well. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm reasonable on social media. I, I keep an eye on it. You know, I, I, we have a few WhatsApp groups of, of locals in the area and so on. And um, I, all the people are doing putting up videos and so on. And you know, you get annoyed with it after a while. So I ignore most of it. Do but like for example, WhatsApp, the, the video thing. I keep in touch with uh, nieces and nephews and so on on that. And it's nice to see them. You know, yeah. It, it's not the same. I heard a very good thing the other day about technology, and it's something that came into me many years ago. I used to do, uh, be a reseller for a company called Sprint in the US, and they set up this uh, video conferencing thing. This is like 20-odd years ago, way ahead of anything else. Uh, what it would be, you'd have people in New York and, and London, for example, and they use this video link to maybe six or seven people at each end. Great idea. Yeah. And it saved on travel, all that kind of stuff. It didn't work. Now, technically, it was brilliant. It, it was, you could hear a pin drop and you could see everything was fantastic. But people didn't like it for two reasons. One was they didn't get any expenses. So me going to, to New York, I got paid X amount and I had overnights and I had this and I had that. And the uh, other thing, you couldn't see people. You could see them okay, but you couldn't see them moving. You, you couldn't see their little twitches or, you know, you couldn't see how they, what, how they thought by movement. And the same thing is happening, I see, in a big conference in Europe. They had, um, I don't know, 40 people on, on a video link thing. Um, what, a meeting that should have lasted three, four hours was something like 12 hours or something. Because nobody could figure out, well, what's he actually saying? Or what's she actually, you know? So technology is great, but it's not everything. It's no, not it's the not same every- as one-to-one. No, it, 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 like I, I use one-to-one video Zoom. I've been using it for years and it mm. works well. And it's all about listening to the person's tonality and, you yeah. know, and it's it's understanding the pattern of language that they're using as well. So on a one to one or one to two or a one to five mm. or ten, it, it it works great. But when it gets bigger, yes, we need that human connection and, and on the larger events. But I also believe if you are, I think technology has improved from when when Sprint had its, its software out. But yeah. I also believe it is organizing it's setting the agenda prior to doing the meeting it's 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 knowing that okay everyone has a minute to talk or two minutes you raise it your hand and it's structured in that way because if you don't do that when you're working with video it's a complete mess a complete mess yeah i mean technically it has improved as in video quality sound quality and so on but the dynamics if you take 12 people at a meeting around a table, it's not the same as 12 people on video because you're going to have your own little groups that, you know, you agree with or get on or whatever and other people that you don't like or that, you know, you don't agree with or whatever. And you cannot see what's going on uh, underneath the surface, if you like, on video. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree on that, like the kicking under the table, the yawn. But I, and we see some people go above and beyond what they should be doing on video if you've seen them online. Um, but what what I think is, Ill, I think people are going to have to learn and learn to adjust. I think that's it. I think travel will be will be will take longer, and I think crossing borders will even take longer. 
But um, look, we live with what we have to when we get on with it. You know, we we're, do, we're we very do. adaptable. That's the great thing about the, the, the human spirit and that, that we do, we do that. And we learn to adapt and, you know, to all sorts of, be it weather or, or whatever, you know, financial. We're very, very resilient. And the, there's a basic decency in most human beings. Yeah, you know? yeah. I even saw there on one of the Facebook thing, one of my, my uh, friends had a, something I don't to do with likes and dislikes. So people who like her, people who don't like her. <laughs> I don't know how she got it, but it was like 460 uh, likes and four people didn't like her. So she was, yeah, plain. I don't know how you find that out, but I mean, that's probably correct. Yeah. Yeah. Very few people don't like other people and and will do them harm. And most people want to help people. I mean, you see the the, the call to arms there, but the the, uh, volunteers in Ireland, there's thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And do you know, know, it's also, you know, the people are trying to escape to Wexford. Well, they just hold on for a couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not being selfish. And it's just thinking about everyone, you know, because the, 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 the virus is out there. I could have it, you could have it, yeah. you know, but we've no symptoms. You know, like we we as a family have been locked down for a month. And the only time we're doing we see people are, is if you go to the supermarket. And apart yeah. from that, we haven't been in contact with anyone for four weeks. Well, yes, we're, we're lucky. My wife, uh, said we live in a small house in Mingzan, but and we, we can walk everywhere. We can walk down to the beach, which is within our two kilometres and so on. But, you know, I, I think we're getting a bit... She works every day. She's in the HSE, so I don't see her every day. And, and I obviously go into the office and I'm covering this and that. So we, we meet in the evenings and we have a routine and we go for a walk and we, we have our dinner. So it has changed for us a lot because we don't see our friends or family uh, but we're getting through it. Like getting You just have to. It. What choice have you got? you just got to get through it. That's true. Tom, quick one. Yep. Tell me, where do you see things moving? Um, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think uh, the end of April will be a really good indicator as to where we're going. Financially, it's only money. We'll get through it. They can print more. Uh, look after yourselves. Keep safe and, and look after your family and friends. Tom? Where can people reach you if they need to, say, sort out their computers or they're having an issue that you can drop out to them in Dublin? Uh, very good. My name is Tom Code from International Network Systems. Uh, my email is tom at ins.ie and our website is www.ins.ie. Tom, you're a gentleman. Thank Come you for on, coming on the show. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. And my next guest is Heather Leeson. Heather is from Glenville Nutrition. Uh, some of you may know Heather from being on TV. Um, she also runs events around the country and has location space around the country as well. Heather, um, I would say, is very, very, very wise and knowledgeable when it comes to <laughs> nutrition. Um, Thank you, Joe. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Always, always a wise word. How are you? How are you keeping? I'm good, thanks, Joe. I'm good. Tell me, your business is very much face-to-face. How are you changing or adapting to the situations that's going on out there? Interesting, and I should say, it's not just me. There is a team of us working here together. um, And, yeah, our business was originally very much face-to-face, but now we've just moved online. So for our patients, our clinic... We're continuing, we're servicing them online via Skype or WhatsApp or whatever is available at the time, depending on Wi-Fi, etc. Yeah. And uh, for corporate business, 
So we did a lot of face-to-face seminars and obviously they're not happening at the moment, but it's more important than ever for companies to support their staff working from home. I think a lot of our clients are recognizing that. So we're doing live webinars instead. It's just a different way of doing business, which we probably should have sorted before. And now we're just fast forwarding our way into technology. What have you learned from the whole process as from your business, apart from, okay, we we don't need to, you know, commute or travel as much. What have you learned? I think I've learned the value of actually being able to see people face to face, which is something we can't get around at the moment. I think where we're working with people who are maybe facing health issues or, I mean, everybody's stressed at the moment. It is much easier if you can actually look at somebody um, and so using technology where you can is helpful. Using, you know, video rather than just phone is good. But for us, it's really reinforced the therapeutic nature of what we do. And it's it's a little bit more challenging to do that at a distance. However, we have to adapt to it for, yeah, you know, absolutely. it's... So it's... We're, we're, it's so great at the moment that we can do all of this online and we can see people and we can continue to provide support for people at a time when they really need us. Like what what sort of, you know, what, you know, a lot of people are stuck at home. They're opening up their fridge at the moment and they're just, you know, they're popping food in their mouth like <laughs> popping pills and a lot of it's probably comfort eating. Yeah. Um, they're probably getting out for that, you know, exercise once a day. We know that nutrition has an awful lot to do with your mental health as well. You know, eating the right food will affect of, you know, how your body is, how your body reacts and how your mental health is. So it's important to be eating the right food at this time as well. Oh, it sure is now more than ever. So I think initially we got a lot of queries about food for immune health. And yeah, that's really important. Now, eating healthily is not going to stop you getting the coronavirus but it is going to help build your defences and like you said Joe as well in terms of mental health how and what we eat is really important we're all under pressure and there's so much we can't control but we do still have control over what we eat and keeping your food choices as healthy as possible is just going to put you in the best position to get through this mentally and physically in a better way um, and you know working from home sorry to interrupt yeah, you no. but working from home like we're all sitting in our kitchens looking at the fridge all of the time it's really hard not to dive in there I think the most requested um, query we've had from patients is how can I stop putting on weight What is it? it's called the corona stone or whatever it is and a couple of tips if that's where you were going I'm not sure if that's what you wanted to ask me about no one of them one of them is just to keep a, a limit on the amount of tweets coming into your house because if they're sitting there and you know they're there, you're going to want them, even if you're not really hungry. So kind of look at your shopping and don't be buying loads of treats that you wouldn't normally buy just because you're stressed when you're shopping. Um, so that's one tip. And another is to get organized and do a little bit of a meal plan. And I think a lot of our patients, we recommend doing that anyway to keep healthy eating on track but now even more important than ever where you know shopping is such a nightmare so if you can do a little bit of a food plan build in some healthy food and that's going to help you minimize the amount of time you're spending on the shopping as well you know my household you know we're 
where we eat very, very healthy. Food um, camp at Joe's, yeah. Yeah, food camp. And <laughs> I, I, I'm, I've, I've lost my belt and my trousers. I don't know where they've gone. And everywhere's <laughs> closer by a new one. So, and I, I realize I'm losing weight, but I'm eating healthy all the time. We're not eating, eating rubbish. It's, it's, you know, it's getting the greens, the avocados. It's, and I think one thing what a lot of people have to focus here on as well is drink a lot of water as well. You know, it's, it's about, you know, it's not just food, but it's don't be boredom having 40, 50 cups of coffee a day, you know, substitute it with water. That's a really important point, Joe, actually. And that's one of the things that we are discussing with people a lot, because if you're underhydrated, then that can release stress hormones. And there's plenty of them floating around already. Yeah. So actually staying well hydrated throughout the day, having your bottle of water on your desk or your flask of herbal tea, whatever it is that floats your boat is useful because a lot of us, if we were working, we were doing that in the office, you know, we were going to the water cooler and filling up our bottle and we're not doing that at home. We're just having more tea and coffee. Now, the odd cup of coffee, great, one of our pleasures that we are still able to have, but too much caffeine is a stimulant. Again, that's going to increase circulating stress hormones and it's also potentially going to impair sleep and sleep is critical to our mental health, to our immune health. So actually what we're recommending is that you stick to one or two coffees a day and that, in terms of caffeine that means three or four teas and that you have them earlier in the day by lunchtime because caffeine hangs around your system quite a long time. So you want to give that time to flush out. Even if you feel the caffeine isn't stopping you getting to sleep, we know from research that it does impair the quality of sleep you get. Yeah. And we all need good recovery sleep. But keeping caffeine... <laughs> to a safe limit is useful. And of course, the same with alcohol, because I think a lot of patients, I had one yesterday who were saying, oh, five o'clock and I really need to a large glass of wine. So it's just watching that that does not become a habit and then you're suddenly drinking a bottle of wine every night. And I'm not just addressing you, Joe, here. You know, I know it's a, a general issue. So just kind of establishing some sort of normal habits that maybe you're just drinking at weekends or you're just having a small glass with your dinner, whatever it is that you think would be normally acceptable. Well, Heather, I decided last April just to give up drink and it's a year now for me. So, yeah, I... Uh, oh, I can't slag you about that. Well done. No, yeah. Are you uh, feeling the benefits? I don't lose my keys. <laughs> or where's my wallet? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only thing, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, like, I would only consume maybe it would have been a couple of drinks on the weekend anyway, but I don't wake yeah. up with that hangover fear anymore yeah. either yeah. and I've learned that we all drink to lift a vibration to a happy state but then the alcohol the, the come down and I'm on that happy state all the time <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah lucky yeah. you Joe lucky, lucky yeah and me. I think I think like for for a lot of people having a glass or two is absolutely fine it can help you to relax especially at the weekend when yeah. we're not going out but it's just a bit of a slippery slope and like you say it, it's how it affects you the next day in terms of your food choices and the knock-on effects in your health. So just keeping everything in healthy levels and keeping a positive spin on this. You know, where a lot of our patients are moving from, oh my God, how do I survive this? To I've got a bit of time now at home. We're probably going to be at home for another three or four weeks. Can I put some healthy patterns in place now that I'm going to be able to just maintain going forward and come out of this healthier uh, and feeling good? Tell me, what... Will you, what are you taking from this and how will your business evolve moving forward? 
Well, um, like a lot of small businesses, it has definitely had a negative impact on our business. But coming out of this and going forward, certainly to be more adaptable, to be more online, to be more available for people online who maybe instead of them having to travel an hour each way to come and see us in clinic, of course, we can just see them online now. So we're, we're going to be much more expert at supporting people remotely. And I think we'll definitely keep that going. Yeah. And also for corporate well-being, exactly the same. Um, and I think a lot of us will be doing more work from home going forward. Hopefully that is one positive that's coming out of this that companies can see, you know, if you're working from home, you're not dotting, you're actually working. You can be very productive yeah. and just finding new ways to support people with more remote health support. Heather Leeson from Glenville Nutrition, thank you for coming on to Business Eye today. I know that your website has buckets of information and you're regularly posting up blogs um, yeah. during this time as well. So if anyone wants to check that out, they can go to Glenville Nutrition. And Heather, thank you and look, happy Easter and uh, we'll <laughs> chat soon. Happy Easter Jay, thanks very much. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. My next guest today is Paul Bailey, and Paul is a representative from the Irish League of Credit Unions. Paul, happy Easter to you. And to you, Joe. Um, it's a different type of Easter, but uh, we make the most of it. Well, I believe the government gave uh, the Easter Bunny authorization to travel, so that's okay. You know, well, my 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 twin granddaughters are very happy with that. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Paul, credit unions—they're the heart of the community. They've helped so many people over the years, um, in in good times and even more so in bad times. Tell me how. Are the credit unions around the country adapting to the new way that we've been put into over the last couple of weeks and moving forward? Well, I think the first thing to say is that uh, we were delighted to hear the government announce credit unions as an essential retail outlet, so an essential business uh, during the COVID-19 crisis, which uh, effectively meant credit unions had to continue to provide services to their members. Now, given the social distancing and all the guidelines around hand hygiene and, and uh, you know, everything issued by the HSE and the government, that doesn't mean every credit union will have its office open. But they are open on the phone line, on email, uh, on the websites. And so what we're asking people to do is to contact their credit union by phone, by email, or through the website. A lot of our credit unions now have... Um, online banking services so people can actually transact uh, through the websites. They don't have to even talk to anybody. Um, so we're asking people to, to contact their credit union in, in the first instance if they are in difficulty around this crisis, if they've lo- <clears throat> lost their job temporarily, if they have a loan that they can't afford to pay at the moment, uh, to discuss what options are available to them. And some credit unions will offer options such as uh, low, a loan holiday or interest only on their their payments uh, for the moment until this crisis passes. So each each credit union will deal with each member on a case-by-case basis. So it's really, really important that people uh, make contact and, and just pick up the phone or go online. Like it's important because you've got 226 credit unions around the country and there's probably, what, about 3.6 million members? That's um, exactly it, yes. yeah. yeah. We, we have a huge amount of, of membership. Um and it's of all ages, all ages. Of all ages, you know, yeah. from, from, from the 
the kiddies putting in their communion money up to the people in their 80s and 90s who've been credit union members for 40, 50 years. So it, it's right across uh, generations. It's right across families. Um, we all had grannies who gave us money to open a credit union account when we made our communion. Um, and we've stuck with the credit union over the years because they're always there for us. I think it's important to remind listeners uh, as to why the credit unions were founded 60 years ago in 1958. Uh, when there was high unemployment, uh, high emigration, very poor economy at the time, and ordinary people couldn't get access to credit. So that's where the foundation of the credit union came from, that people got together and say, right, let's pool our money and let's lend it out to those people who need it at a reasonable rate, uh, and then they'll pay it back and then we can pay it on to somebody else. So we've been there for people through every crisis. Um, the last, Ten years ago, we had the financial crash, um, at that stage, the banks were bailed out. In this crisis now, it's people who need bailing out. And that's where credit unions come into their own. We're at the forefront of helping people always have been and always will be. Originally, when it's set up, was it set up as um, a co-op? Yes, it was originally a cooperative. The first credit union in Ireland uh, was founded not too far from you there in, in Denor Avenue. Uh, Denor Credit Union still there 62 years later and doing great work in the community. Um, really at the heart of the community, helping those people that need it. So yes, it very was much a cooperative. Um, there was a lot of assistance given from uh, America. The American Credit Union came over and advised the people, the three founders of the, of, of the Irish League of Credit Unions, about how they should set up and how they should organise themselves um, as a credit union. So that's where it started. It was definitely a cooperative movement, and that's where. You know, credit unions are founded in the cooperative movements. They're founded in the community, and we're still very much at heart of that today. It's it's interesting because I know that the credit unions have evolved over the years. And one of the things where I think before the recessions they were looking at, you know, offering different services, and people saying, are, you know, are they are they trying to be like a bank? Um, and then you know, there's a big downturn, and I think then maybe correct me if I'm wrong, was it like the credit unions sort of regrouped and says, you know what? we're here for the people. And then yeah. even in that recession, then you, it was re again, it was evolving into who we really are and what we were, what are we really about? We're about the people. And, yeah. and now again, I think that you've, stu- you've, you've, you're, you're back again, not back again. You've, you've have stood, pr- stood proud again and gone to the, look, we're here to help you. We are you, we, we are not the big, you know, corporate organizations. We are you. We are the people in the street. We are the community. And all you need to do is have a conversation with us because having that conversation with us and not sticking your head in the sand will help both parties. Exactly. And I think it's important to remember, Joe, is that the credit unions are owned by their members, not by, not by uh, shareholders like the banks. These are, once you become a member of a credit union, you're effectively an owner of that credit union. You have a say in what goes on. You, you vote at the AGM every year if you want to get some motion passed. Uh, you receive your dividends and your interest rebates back from your credit union so that the profits, any profits that are made are shared back with the members. So that's the difference. Um, I think it's reflected in the fact that for the last five years, credit unions have been voted the number one organization in Ireland for, for customer experience. Um, and this is the, they're the only organization in the world who have achieved that. Uh, where customer experience is measured, so five in a row, um, and that's that's really an endorsement of how people feel about their credit unions. That 
you know, the, the, the experience they received when they walked through the door, when they contacted us over the phone, they're made feel like family members as opposed to just customers. And I think that's really, really important, um, and, and especially so at this time when people need to talk to us. Definitely, definitely indeed. So, look, if is there a... Is there a hotline? Is there, or do people just go on and reach out to their local uh, credit union? How, how if people can engage with, with yourselves? Well, I'd say in the first instance, we have a, our website is called creditunion.ie. And when you go on to the homepage of that, you'll see a credit union locator. So simply click on that button and then you'll be asked to type in your home address and that will bring up your local credit union. And you can click on that credit union, you'll get the contact details. Every credit union is local. Uh, we, we, we operate what's called a common bond system. So if you live in a particular area, your the credit union within your common bond and your geographical area would be listed there. Um, equally, if you work in a particular profession, such as the health health profession or um, the guardie, there are what we call industrial credit unions. So their common bond is by virtue of the, the job that people have. So they're all listed there. Uh, all 220, I think it's 29 of them now at this stage uh, uh, of our affiliated credit unions. So click on the credit union locator, type in your, your address and you, you'll get your credit union contact details coming up. Brilliant, Paul. Sorry. Paul, look, be safe. Um, have a super Easter and thanks for coming on to Business Hoyt here at Dublin South FM. And uh, we we hope to, you know, have that coffee sometime in, in the coming months as well. I'd love to meet up and, and, and have a chat with you. Thanks, Joe. Happy Easter to you. Take care. Thank you. Right. See you. Bye. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Just give me a sound level there, will you? Yeah, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, so one, two, three. Our next guest and our final guest of the day is a very important person in the community. There we go. We've just inflated his head. Owen Lafferty from the local enterprise office in Dunleary or Ratdown, who are doing so much now for people in the borough. It's, and in Ratdown, it's amazing the stuff that's coming out of the offices in Dunleary. Owen, are you there? I am. Thank you very much for the... I can only... I can only uh... <coughs> fail to flatter after that uh, introduction <laughs> but you know there's, there's so much great stuff going on there's, we have uh, some of our staff have been redeployed into serving the, the broader community and you know they fielded 350 calls um, uh, last week you know to vulnerable members of the community supporting them so you know the council is generally the, the support have been redeployed where they're most needed um, so I'm delighted that most of it, our team is still intact and we're fully functional and operational and, and working safely from home. But yeah, strange times. You know, it's, um, <clears throat> COVID is presenting a lot, of, uh, lot of, a lot of challenges to a huge amount of businesses. And um, I guess there's some businesses that are, are reinventing themselves and some are talking to a, someone who's involved in the tourism sector it's very hard to know how to support that sector and we'd love to hear any ideas that people have because I guess um, people just aren't travelling at the moment so um, that's, and that's the challenge if you're relying on that for your, for your business. Yeah, it's one, of the, you know, it's one of the sectors that has been hit really hard 
Um, I know that some people in it, they're, they're still working away and they're looking at new strategies and they're, they're looking for those creative ideas. They're also very hopeful that things will get back together, you know, in the next, in the next couple of months. So they might, summer might be saved on it. But, oh, with yourselves, you, you know, user, with what's after happening and what, how people are on lockdown, you just have suddenly just come like a beacon of light within the community. Like, what, like, I, I know that you're doing a lot of stuff, but I want to, I want you to tell the people what you're doing from, you know, online to offline. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Joe. So, um, so I guess there's a couple of big uh, pieces of news. And I mean, this is, uh, as the government, I think the government are reacting as well as they can, you know, to, to the crisis. The first um, challenge was to, to look at the healthcare side of things and, and, and then get into everything else. So I think we've had some good announcements yesterday around um, what we see is a lot of businesses looking to get their business online. So that's the obvious thing when people are, you know, for social distancing. Um, so there's a trading online voucher, which which was um, it's an offer of two and a half thousand euros um, towards a five thousand euro build cost. Um, and we'd give you that two and a half, half of that. So but now that been changed so you actually only have to put in 10% towards the two and a half thousand euro cost so it's 90% funded now for the office and businesses can apply for uh, for a second one once the first one is done and, and the trading online voucher it's it's all about getting businesses online increasing the amount of business that are online but it's it's not just um, the, the coding of, of the site it also covers like 80% of photography costs thirty uh, percent of your uh, online marketing costs, and so there's a lot of detail um, on our on our website. But that's that's a welcome and I think much needed and very relevant um, tweak to our, to our current support because you know getting online is is an answer for a lot of businesses. It's it's amazing because I jumped on the. I know that people have to do. Uh, they just go. It's online now where there's a, a two or three hour meeting and explain all about the voucher. But there must have been about 50, 60 people on the call. So it's great to see that. And, yeah. and it's not only just to, what I got from it was it wasn't 50, 60 people trying to get a voucher. It's 50, 60 companies who are looking for opportunities. That's the what I saw. Yeah, absolutely. Joe. Like that, you know, 50 isn't unusual. Um because it's a great product, um, and what the, the the thing about the training, and so the training is a prerequisite for for getting the voucher. Because we want people to understand how to spec a website, you know, we want people to be able to go out to the market and and, and source a supplier with with a bit of comfort, you know. So the training is a lot of what to do and what not to do, and what to look out for. So it's about getting value, really. Um, and so you know, if, you are, if you've already done the training and you want to avail of a second voucher, you don't have to go through that training. But anyone who's got a voucher for the first time will have to go uh, through that training. Uh, you know, the, the thing about it is, Joe, you know, the tools have just improved immensely. You know, we use uh, Wix.com and we find, you know, for a lot of our websites and um, we find that works really well. Um, and I think, you know, the barrier to uh, for use you know, for entry to that product is very low. It's a very low learning curve. So, you know, we talk to people in retail and say, you know, now is the time your shop is closed. Um, you know, what about basically getting getting uh, skills up in online 
um, taking a couple, taking baby steps initially, getting a simple shop set up and uh, getting used to it, you know, and then maybe next month, you know, look about SEO and how you can, you know, how you can skill up in SEO. Um, and because there's so much stuff online now, you know, it's self-learning. Um, and then, you know, you can use our voucher if that's the route you want to take. You can use our voucher then to you know, get your photography done, for instance, or some of your marketing or, you know, uh, some, some of the graphics uh, toward, toward the, the, your, your own effort. But it is nice. I think it's really important to have full access to your own website and be able to edit your own website and to get it done in a responsive way. Yeah. Um, I think I, you need. I do think you need to own it, unless it's really complex, you know. Yeah. Right? No. The, 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 the bricks and mortar website that has some sort of function, like I use um, a, a, a link which is called Elementor, and it basically, when you have it on your site and you build your site around it, it's drag and drop. You know, it's yeah. it it's you can you don't need to get a programmer in to charge you four or five hundred quid just to change a page. You can do it yourself. No. And this that's how it's developing. But the one thing about technology as well, there's millions of people around the world are using uh, software to run successful businesses. And that's, you know, that's where I think this is what's happened is given people that push that they needed to get up and do before it was always on the long finger. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're we have a crisis. Um, some people have managed to, you know, they dealt with the crisis in a very efficient way, and they're lucky they still have clients. Um, for instance, there's a great company, Photonation, uh, Nation, who are in Dunleary Rathdown, and uh, Kevin Carpenter, who is the CEO, is um, was telling me because they've adapted Lean and they're big Lean advocates that they've actually, uh, it took them half a day to transfer what they were doing um, from from the office to, uh, to to home. And so because their processes were well understood and, um, and tight, um, they could do that. So they were very, very mobile. Um, you know, so one of the things we've been trying to advocate, and we've spoken about this before on numerous occasions, Joe, is about getting companies to think about uh, lean processes and see how you know they could look at lean in their current situation, apply lean thinking to what they're doing. Um, there's a great website called, um, we've put it together, leandlr.ie. Oh, um, sorry for cutting across you there. What I want you to do is really explain what lean is, because I see and you see that lean is going to be a massive opportunity for his companies now. And the opportunity is, which I see it is, as it's going to get them to start looking at the way, the old way of how they did business and now looking at a new way, but looking at it in such a lean way that it helps their business grow. Yeah, so lean, the traditional, you see a lot of people think lean is just for manufacturing and it did originate from Toyota That's way correct, back. Yeah. Um, but lean is a way of thinking, really, Joe, and it's a way of actually, um, while we all have processes and ways of doing things, we, a lot of time we've never had a third party to come in and ask us the hard questions. Like, well, write down a process flow diagram. It sounds really boring, you know, but get people, get everyone involved in the conversation and ask everybody, you know, you know, is there a way we can do things better? You know, are we doing, like, are there frustrations in the process that are slowing things down, introducing errors? And this could be from an accountancy firm, software, 
hardware, whatever you're doing, you know, everything, there's a process in everything. And I know like, the, you know, it's, it's, it, it might be, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of resistance for some people kind of breaking something like that down, but you really just start off with a conversation and, you know, get a couple of people around, you know, in the room and say, listen, guys, you know, how, how, are we, are we basically getting from, you know, from start to finish in the most productive way? Is there any way we can actually improve what we're doing? Has anyone got any suggestions or any ideas? And eventually you end up well, just a couple of interesting things happen, Joe, when you do that. First of all, you find out who isn't at the table. So, you, you know, you might find if you're, you know, if you've got a company with a significant number of employees, you might find that you're not actually getting the right people to the table. So the people who are actually involved, you know, in the day-to-day, in the actual delivery of the product and the, the, the coalface, and they're not actually being asked in to become part of that conversation. And two things happen. I guess one is people realize that that person has an awful lot to contribute and the person who's been asked into the table for the first time or at the table for the first time is suddenly empowered and feels like they have some kind of ownership and control. Yeah. And that creates amazing uh, behavioral differences uh, and, 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 and cultural um, differences in the organization, which are, which are really beneficial, you know, but ultimately lean is about, I guess the definition of lean is about uh, eliminating or reducing waste between between you and 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 your customer, you know, and you know, so you can drive efficiencies. The Lean for Micro program that we run, um, which is heavily subsidised, um, and can be found on our website, which we will give you at the end of this show, um, is you know, it's five hundred euros for nearly five thousand worth of consultancy. It's and companies that have gone through that have had up to twenty two percent efficiencies. They've got higher retention. Um, better employee attraction, um, lower returns, you know, so on and so forth. So it really does. Um, people who do lean can't understand why other people aren't doing it, you know. Um, and the funny thing is, you can actually, while it sounds dull and boring, but I know there are some companies who actually make a sport out of finding improvements and chasing improvements. Um, and yeah, listen, it's we're huge advocates and we have a lean for leaders program that we uh, roll out um, to help people, you know, basically just familiarize themselves with lean. And, um, but that's, uh, yeah, so we get, we get a good take up on like, that program, but we'd like to see more people at it, obviously. What I find is it's, you know, and, and what the lean is, it's, it's, you know, starting those conversations, which, you know, ends up finding more clarity and by clarity finds the opportunities. Would I be correct in saying that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's... 100%. It disrupts the status quo, which is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and culturally, I think you have to get comfortable with being challenged um, and challenging the, the, you know, the, 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 the kind of the normal ways of doing things. But it, it does empower people. It empowers people massively. I think it is. Um, it is inspired really, action. Isn't that what it is? They're, they're, you know, the, the creative idea that when you get people around a table and they all have one thing in, in mind, and that is the greater good for the organisation, the clarity that they get then creates inspired action and the creativity comes along, which makes the company flourish. It does. It does. You so, know, and you'd be surprised how many, um, how easy it is. You know, to to make some to make some big changes and get some big wins just with with some with some lean thinking. Like what I was fascinated as well is your case studies. You have so many case studies on on lean, 
Um, you've, I think you've even published a book on the amount of case studies that you have. And just reading them, it's kind of going, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense yeah. on it. So, yeah, well, that's, an e, that's an EI book. Yeah, absolutely. But there is a lean movement in Ireland. And it, it's, um, you know, we're, it, as all the state agencies are trying to get people to, uh, sorry, well, EI and, and, and the Leos are trying to get people involved in lean. So it's, um, and the companies that do it, it's just, it's emotional watching how the changes. If you look at the lean DLR.ie and you see some of the, uh, some of the videos, the testimonials there, you know, that's, it's, it's golden. And it's just small steps, you know, and that's the chat. That's the thing with all these, these kind of change, uh, cultural change pieces. You know, you take it slowly. There's no, you're not trying to eat an elephant, you know, in one go. You just kind of, you chip away at it, get used to the process, get comfortable with saying there's no right, there's no wrong. This is just about the process, you know, and we're just looking at the process, completely depersonalize it and just kind of understand, you know, how do we get from A to B and is there a better way of doing it, you know? And um, I think it brings, it creates a certain maturity in a company when they go through that process and uh, it allows people to engage in a different, different way, um, which is only positive, you know? And like with all change, there is a a little bit of pain as people get used to that process, but that's, but aren't we going through a lot of pain at the moment? You know, you look at the, the personal development that's going to come out of this. Um, people, there's a great series, the Anti-Fragile series, um, which MIT are running. And um, it, they talk about it, the, the change that comes through adversity and the growth that comes through adversity. And that's the only way you can really grow, you know. And so companies going through lean um, that's exactly what happens them. They do become stronger. I think know? it's and, it's um, gaining the required skills, the attitude and the know-how that makes the changes successfully. Yeah, and the culture yeah. that allows you yeah. to, to call yeah. things out when they aren't working out well. You know, which is, which is half the battle. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. I know that you were running something there and you had to, it, when the shock and the crisis management kicked in, you, you deferred or postponed the next training. And I know that you are now doing it online. Do you know when you have decided for when the next program is? So, you know, companies that want to get involved in the lean can actually um, raise their hand and say, look, let's 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 see what we can do. Well, these opportunities are here. Yeah, there's one on the 18th. So, um, so people can sign up for that. Uh, the Lean for Leaders introductory workshop. And so that's, a, that's a morning session. It's all online now. Yeah. So, um, so that's the next one. But we're running them continuously. So, and um, that's at seven thirty till twelve. So there's no excuse for traffic anyway. No. Right late in that. No, unless you're heading to Wexford. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, that shocks me. I'm dumbfounded with that. I tell you. Yeah, well, the Scottish experience was quite funny on that, wasn't it? Um, but anyway, um, but I think you know what we're trying to adapt to, and, and the, the challenges with COVID, the uniqueness around it is, I guess, traditionally, you know, we would look to other markets when our market was failing, but this is global. So there's no real safe harbour at the moment. Um, there's a lack of there's a supply issues. There's a lack of supply for a lot of people who are moving physical goods. Um, it's unpredictable. There's no end in sight. Uh, one of the I just talk listen to uh, Bill Aulis there, who, who's um, 
who who runs um, the MIT Entrepreneurship Center, Martin Trust Center in 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 Boston, was saying, you know, that one of the challenges around this COVID piece is about not looking, not expecting an end date. It's getting comfortable where you are at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's really important because if you keep watching an end date or planning for an end date, you're, you're creating this expectation that um, we, you know, it, it's not, um, it's not helpful. Um, so I think the best way to do it is just you're in it and um, you just do what you can while you're in it. Use your time as productively as you can innovate where you can, do some strategic thinking where you can, get your teams together if, if they're still intact, um, to think about stuff like lean. Um, you know, but it's it's really important to to engage with your teams um and, and we're all finding remote working a bit of a challenge, I think. Um I think communication is key, um keeping keeping them uh informed. Like I would touch base with my team every morning and uh, a couple of other teams. There is an overhead with that, but I think it's really important. Um, and I think you need to you need to um, involve them um, just to keep them engaged, um, but also available the government income support that you're eligible for. Um, but I think also it's really important from a from a kind of psychological perspective, you know, that you know that that the people do look after themselves. I know when I'm on uh, on team uh, calls with, with my team, I can see some of them doing their work sitting on the floor. I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> you know? Because you still have an onus of, of care. I think you have a duty of care to give people the best advice around how to manage um, their, their, their working environment. You know, and if, if people looking down at keyboards, particularly, is not is is, uh, is going to create some challenges I think people should lift their screens up and just get a cheap keyboard and a cheap mouse yeah it's throwing and, it up uh, on a box like I, I bought um, a, a standing desk which fits on top of my desk yeah um, I bought it on Amazon for I think 40 euros or something and go. it's big enough for my big laptop with the mouse and if I'm sitting I, or if I'm standing, I just put it on. So it's 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 giving me the the different levels and keeping the back straight and the neck isn't hurting anymore or whatever as well. So just see small things and and take a break and don't drink fifty cups of coffee. And it's like before you came on, we had you know uh, Heather Leeson from Glenville Nutrition just talking about eating and you know hydrating yourself during your working time and taking breaks. Yeah. So it's it's it, you're dead right on. Um, don't look at the end game. Look at what's going on now. What can I do right now in this very moment to move forward? Because if you right. start looking at an end game, you'll go mad. You will. So I'll give you a quick, I'll give you a quick rundown. Where should your focus be? Okay. So the immediate should be cash flow, uh, dealing with suppliers, um, looking at where your sales, what, what's happening in your sales, um, supporting your staff, but talk to creditors and banks. Um, the lessons from the last prices were that people responded quickly um, were the ones who, uh, who came out of it well. Um, and I know people are going through this crisis and they, they said exactly that. Listen, I knew I had to get on the phone quickly and make arrangements and, and, and uh, you just not stick your head in the sand, you know. Yeah. We provide mentoring to help people um, get their, sometimes you need a sounding board to help you with those challenges. And there's also the business continuity voucher, which is a great 
scheme is two and a half thousand worth of two and a half thousand euros worth of support to help you um, basically keeping your business going and helping you with the various challenges that you have. That's on our website as well. But all the Leos are offering the business continuity voucher. So you can, uh, if you come to us looking for support, we will try to, to match you with a mentor to, uh, to help you with your, with your particular challenge. If we don't have a mentor that, um, that can help with your particular challenge, and if you have someone you know you'd like to work with, maybe we can have a conversation around that and see if we can help fund that. Yeah. Um, we're running sessions on crisis management um, and other other pieces around around um, you know supporting you in the particular challenge that COVID is 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 creating. But then I guess in the short term, I guess it's important to reorganise, get online, you know, take stock of where you are, and uh, understand the new opportunities. And just scenario test these and understand, you know, are they, are they real business opportunities there? Is there something, you know, if you can pivot? It, it is um, because, you know, it, it, it's been able to pivot quicker because, you know, the conversation that your client or your client's clients are having at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. in the morning has changed to what it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's you know, being able to, okay, how do I pivot quicker to get online? Because that's where it is. And that's where, you know, there's a lot of people fighting for business now and it's all fighting online. But if you're the one that is authentic, has, you know, the proper message, the proper tools, you'll be the one that succeed from it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And so, it's all online, you know, but we see the stores doing great work, you know, they're they're doing online deliveries now. Will that ever, will they stop doing that when the crisis is over? I doubt it. Um, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, but I, I think they won't. I think, you know, lots of companies who are remote working now have their staff remote working, they wouldn't have considered that before. I know in the council, we would never have been able to have organised this um, and get comfortable with it. Um, but now, you know, we'll see. You know, I think that, there will be an opportunity for staff to to work yeah, from home, yeah. um, you know, in the future, based on the systems that have been set up now that this crisis has has forced on us. Um, but, you know, I think long term, Joe, there is an opportunity like to innovate, and uh, yes. we have funds around that: the feasibility study, uh, agile funding, um, which is uh, quite a considerable amount of, of funding towards supporting uh, an innovation in your business and you don't need to be splitting atoms you know if you're a baker and you've got a new way of baking to let's say uh, help preserve your your product for longer um well then that's something you know that's, that's an innovation it's innovation in your space and that's valid you know um but i think one of the big pieces that we are and a lot of people are talking about is uh the culture, and we spoke a little bit about it with Lean, but I think, you know, Lift Ireland are an amazing organisation. Ah, um, yes, yes. And yeah. we, are, we are pushing Lift Ireland out into the community. We, we, we're partnered with them to put, get it out to the business community because it's, it's an amazing leadership uh, tool. It's incredibly simple and uh, incredibly effective. And we're bringing them takes, on the show as well. We had to postpone it, but we're bringing them on the show. You bring Joanna, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joanna is just an amazing person, um, and you know, is dedicated herself to to, to getting ten percent of the population um, involved in lift, and it's happening. You know, and 
I'd just share a little insight into I didn't really know too much about Lyft uh, until I did my facilitator training, which only takes like four hours. Um, and I have to say, I sat down with a bunch of strangers, Joe, people I'd never met before. And I felt like I really, I knew these people like I didn't know some of my work colleagues by the end of this. I felt I could share honestly and openly with them. And that was, it was incredibly powerful. You know, and if I met them in the streets, I have met one of them recently. And it, it was like an old friend. That's you know, mad. Because, That's really good, Alan. Yeah, because the system allows you to actually engage in a very authentic uh, manner with, with people. And we're rolling that out in the council now. We already have a good few groups uh, running it through just to help people with, you know, what's going on and, um, you know, the difficult situations for a lot of people um, who, are, who are working remotely that without their colleagues and the, 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 the usual support, you know. And it is more difficult um, to, to keep in touch and to engage. I mean, I know some people and they're, they're effectively isolated on their own. Um, and, and, and my heart goes out to those people. It's, it's very, very tough. You know, I think it um, is. Uh, on there's one of the other things as well. I know we're just we're just running short on time here. Sure. Is I know that you are doing a lot of webinars and you are you are putting a lot of content up there. If someone wants to hook up and see one of the webinars or has missed like the one Bill has just done, where can one find the reruns or you know connect to the next ones? Is it on your site? So the best thing to do. Joe, if you go into localenterprise.ie forward slash DLR, that's localenterprise.ie forward slash DLR, and you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get all the updates, anything that we consider uh, our partners are running, any of our training, it'll all be, it'll all be listed there and you'll see the, uh, you know, you'll see our offerings on the website as well. So um, that's really the best source of um, of information, so the anti fragile uh, series is entrepreneurship.mit.edu forward slash speakers. So that's entrepreneurship.mit.edu forward slash speakers, and you know that's uh, there's some really good stuff in there, um, and Bill, Bill is top of the game. Um, uh, he's brilliant like and I you know thank you for bringing him to Ireland there I think it was in the summer it was in UCD yeah, um, yeah great great yeah. yeah and we're looking to we're looking to get him back again but I think this uh, COVID has really just thrown um, yeah it, it, it's thrown his pan in the works for us all in terms of planning so anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get him back at some stage on lean all the information on you know the vouchers you know, give us a shout out there for the websites as well, will you? Because uh, I think it's very important. Yeah, localenterprise.ie forward slash DLR. Just look up Leo DLR if you, if you Google uh, Local Enterprise Office or LEO and uh, Don Leary right down and you'll find us. Hashtag making it happen. If you're on, on any social media, you'll pull up all the information there as well. That's it. That's it. Joe, thanks very much and best luck to everybody out there and if we can be of any assistance and and helping with this crisis and and beyond, um, please uh, get in touch. Owen Lafferty from Local Enterprise Office in Dunleary and Rathdown, thank you very much for coming on to Business Eye. Thank you.
Thank you, Joe. Cheers. And that's it, folks. We've had some interesting interviews from different people in the business world right across our community talking about what's happening uh, in their business and how they see the future as well. So I'd like to say again, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, Have a safe, happy Easter weekend. I know that we are all uh, on lockdown um, and look, it will pass if we just Take it easy now. Things will change. I'd rather sacrifice a couple of weeks now instead of sacrificing a couple of months. So until next week, I would like to thank you for listening to Business Eye here at Dublin South FM and to our engineers as well who are doing amazing work and for ourselves helping the community. Till next week, take care and God bless.